and an encouragement to you this morning. And uh, as we're talking about the resurrection and talking about um, everything that has happened, what, uh, what God has done, our hearts should be stirred, our hearts should be filled with uh, what has been accomplished through Jesus dying on the cross and resurrecting from the grave. And, you know, this morning I was thinking about the resurrection, thinking about what God had, what God had done. And, you know, sometimes I think we, we just treat the resurrection as if it was just like, yeah, the resurrection had happened. Great. Let's move on with our lives. Um, but in reality, the resurrection should be a lifetime event that's reoccurring every single day of our lives if you know Christ as your Savior. Because the resurrection is the power that gives us the ability to live out the Christian life. And if you know Christ is your Savior, then you need that resurrecting power every single day of your life. And if you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you're here this morning and you're without Christ, then you need resurrection power for your life to be called out of the grave and actually live the type of life that God has destined for you to live and that's to be redeemed and to be loved and to be forgiven of your sins. And you know, the resurrection of Jesus has brought life to the dead. Um, you know, when we recount the resurrection story, we, we remember that as Jesus was laid in that borrowed tomb, uh, that the, the women came to that tomb very early in the morning to anoint the body of Jesus. And as they're there... Um, they find the tomb that's empty. And I'm sure their hearts are gripped with fear, with wondering what's going on, what's taking place. And while they're there, we find that some of the women leave. And we find that Mary's there at the tomb and she encounters the Lord. And you think about that, you think about what happened, what took place, and that, that, that moment of, of how her heart was once gripped with fear, but now she finds the Lord there. And as she goes back and she tells the apostles, she tells what's going on, the, Peter and, and uh, James come, and you know they, they're there, they're looking in the tomb, they're seeing what's happening and what follows is, a, is an appearance of, of the Lord. The Bible tells us that the Jesus showed himself alive by many infallible proofs. And what follows is between 10 or 11 post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. We find that he appears to Mary at the tomb. He appeared to the women on the way back to Galilee. We find that he appears to the two disciples on the Emmaus Road. We find that he appears to Peter. We find that he appeared to the small group of disciples, and this time Thomas was not with them. We find that he appeared to the disciples again along with Thomas this time, and that's when Thomas puts his, his uh, hands and his fingers in Jesus' hands and puts his hand in Jesus' side. We find that uh, he appears to some of the disciples out on the shore of Galilee as the disciples are fishing. He appears to above 500 people at one time. He appears to James, he appears to the disciples on the mountaintop in Galilee and gives them the great commission. 
And after 40 days of appearances and instructions, we have one final account of the appearance of Jesus Christ, wherein the Bible tells us he led them out to a place near Bethany, gave them final instructions to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit was sent, and then he was taken up into heaven in their very sight. And so we learn from all these appearances of Jesus that he proved that he was alive. There was no doubt about it. There was no question about it. There was, well, I really don't know. He proved that he was alive by many infallible proofs. And see, the resurrection is more than just an event that happened once in history. It is a life that has been brought back from the dead, a resurrected life in Jesus. Can I ask you, apart from the scriptures and apart from the witness of the Holy Spirit that is living within you, what is the greatest proof that you are alive in Christ? What is the greatest proof that you are alive in Christ? Apart from, well, I know I am because the Bible says that I am, or I know that I am because I have the witness of the Holy Spirit inside of me, what is the greatest proof that you know that you are alive? I read some stories, some very interesting, humorous stories about people that have accidentally been declared dead. And the kind of misery that's gone through their life of them trying to prove now that they are alive. And they're going down to the social security office and they're saying, here, look, here's my driver's license. Here I am. I'm standing right here. And they go, well, I'm sorry, sir. There's nothing we can do. You're dead. (laughs) Are you alive? Let's look at our text here this morning and see this resurrection power that should be at work in your life and in my life to prove that we are alive in Christ. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians here, Ephesians chapter number 2. And listen to what Ephesians 2 verses 4 through 9 have to say about this. It says, But God being rich in mercy... Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. There is this resurrecting power, this immeasurable greatness of his power that is at work. As Paul is telling us about this in the book of Ephesians. If you remember with us as we were reading through the book of Ephesians, Paul's prayer, and one of the things that he prays for in verses 19 and 20, he talks about this immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. This immeasurable greatness of his power that he worked in Christ is the same resurrecting power that should be at work in your life if you know Christ as your Savior. Are you alive? 
When we looked at verses one through three here in Ephesians chapter number two, we saw that that was the beginning of the gospel. You see, many times people like to think good of themselves. So they like to think that, they're, that they are in some good standing favor with God, but nothing can be farther from the truth. The truth is that we're all dead in trespasses and sins. We've all uh, done things against God. We've all sinned against God. We've broken his commandments. We've went astray from what God says in his word. And we find in verses 1 through 3 that we were on this course. We were following the prince and the power of the air. The, the evil spirit was at work in our life. We were satisfying the desires of our flesh and our mind. Carrying out those things. Incurring the wrath of God in our life. That's the beginning of the gospel. That we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And we find here this spiritual deadness, our physical life is under that authority and that power. We're being controlled. But then we see this in verse number four, but God who is rich in mercy. Think about that. Verse one, it tells us, and you were dead. In verse four, but God who's rich in mercy. It gives us this clear picture of who we were and what God did for us in rescuing us. And see, if we ended here in verse number three about how horrible that we were and how our lives are tarnished with sin and corruption, if we ended there, we would be hopeless. But the Bible says, but God. So are you alive? Are you alive? I want to show you the best way to show that you are alive is that you have been resurrected with Christ. A resurrection power is at work in your life. With Christ, in Christ, and through Christ. That's what God wants to work in us. This resurrection, this immeasurable greatness of his power. The same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead is should be the same resurrecting power that should be at work in your life now, today, this very moment, if you know Christ as your Savior. You see, the gospel is the resurrection power that we need to live and show that we are alive. So here they are. Here's four things I want to show you out of this passage here about this resurrection power. Number one, resurrected by love. Look what he says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. So, but God, and here comes the power. Are you ready? Look what he says. He says that he's going to raise us out of this death, turning the dead into a new creation full of life, eternal life, but God who is rich in mercy. Don't let that word get by you, that word rich. It's overabounding, overloaded with mercy, God says. Mercy for the sinner. You know, if we got what we deserved, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? Think about how many sins that you've committed just this last week. You say, oh, I can't even keep count of them. Exactly. And think about the whole entire life that we live. If we were to live just but 70 years and we were to sin every single day of our life, 
Just once. 365 days a year. Times 70. I don't have a calculator. I don't know how that is. But just one sin breaking against God's commandment would incur the wrath of God on us. And the Bible tells us that it says, but God being rich in mercy. So he gives us mercy, which is holding back what we deserve. And why? Why does he do this? Because look what it says, for his great love with which he loved us. You see, our resurrection, our salvation is based on love. God doesn't look down upon the earth and go, wow, look, boy, that looks like a nice guy right there. I think I'm going to give him resurrection power. Boy, look at that guy over there. He came to church this morning. He's wearing a tie. Boy, look at him. He's really trying hard. I'm going to give him some resurrection power. It doesn't work that way. Because the Bible says that we're all sinners. And the Bible tells us that we've all incurred the wrath of God in our lives. And it's through his mercy, this great love, which he loved us, that that salvation comes to us. Salvation is by love. God is love. You see, we've not only sinned against his law, we have killed his son. We've killed his son and continue to do so in rejection and open defiance and not believing in him. If we were alive at the time when Jesus walked upon the face of this earth, we would probably be the same ones in the crowd saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Because we are in so much opposition to God, we don't care about his laws and we don't care who he is. And see, that's what makes the gospel so amazing is the fact of his love is toward us that while we were sinners, the Bible tells us that he loved us. God reaches out and says, I know what you did. And yet I offer you unconditional and complete forgiveness. And so it is God in his great love not only sees that his law is satisfied, but he also sees that his wrath is justified because Jesus is the one that takes the wrath of God for us. The wrath of God was poured out upon his son, Jesus. As the Bible tells us, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so it's on that cross, the law of sin is satisfied. Death had to be paid for our sins and Jesus took that. And he did all of this through love. Listen to what Romans 5, 6 through 8 says. It says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. When we were utterly helpless. My wife and I, we have a two-year-old. And there's lots of times that she is utterly helpless whether that be trying to get into the cabinet, whether it be trying to get something, do something, put something somewhere. She's utterly helpless. And what we always tell her, we say, you need to ask mom and dad for help. And she goes, help, help, help. <laughs> Think about that. The Bible tells us when we were utterly helpless, it says Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. 
Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And so his love is poured out to us. Are you alive? Have you been resurrected to knowing God's love? Saying, I know God's love because his love was shown towards me. His love was proved to me through his son, Jesus Christ. I want to show you a second thing. Resurrected to life. Look what he says. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. What is the one thing a dead man needs? It's not a coffin. It's life. That's the one thing a dead man needs. He needs life. And this is what Paul is trying to say here. He's going to make you alive. He says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. This is the whole point here. His point is, if you are doubting the power of God in your life, it is the power, this very same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the very same power that is available to you and to me to live the resurrected life in and through Jesus Christ. Do you see that? The power of God is available has it acted in your life? Is it acting in your life? You see, we should not treat the resurrection as just this one-time event. We as believers in Christ are continually, continually be resurrected to new life. When we get into a pattern of sin in our life, we're not supposed to continue in that sin. We go to Christ and we say, Christ, I need resurrection power not to live in this sin. And Christ resurrects us from that dead man to new life in him. And we should live in the power of that resurrection. He's saying, look, if you're worried here, if you're worried about whether God can get you off this globe and into the pearly gates of the city of heaven, He's saying here, he can handle you going into the grave. He can resurrect you. Because that very same resurrection power that raised Jesus is the same resurrection power that raised you to new life in him. One was spiritual, the next one's going to be physical. You see, we've seen this resurrected power by his power because we've been resurrected to this life. And he's trying to show you that you can have confidence in God's power for whatever you need in your life. Because it's resurrection power that's available to you. And he did all of this when he made Christ alive. He made us alive together with him. Do you remember that moment when you received Christ as your savior? There was an awareness to who God was. His word became alive. His spirit of God was at work in your heart and in your life. 
You now became aware of your other brothers and sisters in Christ. There was a common brotherhood and a, and, and a, and a knowing of the family of God. This is resurrection power. This is life. And we're resurrected to that life. Here's the third thing. Look what he says here. Resurrected to purpose. Now, this is good. This is really good. I love this. He says, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You see, when God raised you from the dead, he didn't leave you in the cemetery. Remember this? Okay, so remember Lazarus? Jesus went and resurrected Lazarus from the grave. Lazarus comes out of the tomb. And what does Lazarus have on him? Grave clothes. What does Jesus tell him? He says, take those clothes off of him. Let him loose. And when Jesus resurrects us, he doesn't leave us in the grave. Jesus raised us from the dead. And it wasn't just for us to roam around in the cemetery in grave clothes. He picked you out of the grave. He took you out of the grave. It was a miracle of resurrection and power. And then he did this second miracle of, look at this, what he says. He raised us up with him. And does, what does he do? He seated us with him in the heavenly places, the spiritual realm. says that he raised us up. He gave us a seat in the heavenlies. And this is the same power that resurrected Christ. This is that immeasurable greatness of his power that Paul talks about. That raised Christ, worked in Christ, is the same power that is at work in you and me. And he raised us and he exalted us. Look what he says, raised that's past tense. It's already been done. We're already there. The Bible tells us that we already have our citizenship in heaven. We're already there. Already. And so if you are a Christian, you've been raised, you've been seated with him. You're no longer of this world. You've been transformed out of this world. You're no longer roaming around in the cemetery. Christ has given us resurrection power. But look at this. This is what, this is, what is so good about this. He didn't just raise us and leave us in the graveyard. He exalted us. He took us up into the heavenlies. And we're blessed with all spiritual blessings is what the Bible says. He says, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ. Why did he do all this? Why would God want to make a bunch of cruddy, old, rotten, miserable, horrible, vile sinners come alive and bring them up to be with him? Why? Because look at verse number seven. Here's the purpose. In order that in the ages to come, 
And you know when the ages of come began? Immediately after you received Christ. Immediately you have been saved. Immediately Christ has resurrected you. The moment you're saved, the ages to come begin. And what does he want to show you? The exceeding riches of his grace and kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Do you know why God saved you? In order that he could be kind to you forever. Isn't that amazing? He wants to show his kindness to you forever. You were not saved primarily to keep you out of hell. You were saved primarily so that God could just shower his grace and shower his blessing on you and forever. From the moment that you are saved, from the moment that a person receives Christ as their savior, he is unloading all of his riches, abounding riches on you just unloading them, his kindness towards you, unloading his riches of his grace on you, heaping them on you, just just giving them to you, just giving them to you, just giving them to you. He doesn't withhold anything. He gives you everything through Jesus Christ. And when he gets all done pouring out all his grace on you, you know what he does? He holds you up. And Ephesians 3.10 says he shows you off to the angels and says to the angels, now do you see what a wonderful, gracious God I am? And the angels stand in awe of God's salvation, of his glory that he has toward us, poor, miserable sinners. And he extends that to us. So we're resurrected to purpose God saved you for the very purpose of unloading on you every rich, kind, gracious thing conceivable to the mind of God so that you might be filled with his riches and filled with his kindness and filled with his grace so that you can be held up to the angels and people stand in awe. The angels stand in awe. Here's the last thing. We're resurrected to faith. Faith is simply believing. That's it. Simply believing. We're all creatures of faith, you know it? How many of you ate a pastry this morning out in the foyer there? Do you know where those things came from? Do you know who made them? Do you know what the workers were doing with their hands when they were making those pastries? But you ate it, didn't you? You ate it in faith. How many of you are hooked up to the city water? You live in Goshen somewhere? You go to the tap, you open up, get your glass of water. Where'd that water come from? What's in that water? You drink it in faith. Faith is simply believing. That's all it is. And the Bible tells us here, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God It's not a result of works so that no one may boast. It's not that complicated. It's a gift of God, not of yourselves and not of works, because if it was all of us, what would we do? We would boast. 
We'd say, look what I did. Hey, look at that. Look at that. Look what I did. Boy, did you just see what I did? Man, I'm so good. And God's word says, no, it's not of that. It's completely of faith, and it's that not of yourselves. You see, it's simple faith that God uses to draw us to himself. And when you take the gift of salvation, you come alive in that instant. And that's a great miracle. The resurrection power of Christ is available for us. Simple faith in Christ. You see, you don't ever need to question God's power because you've seen it because it was faith that resurrected you. Do you realize how dead you were in verses one through three? And now all of a sudden the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. It isn't anything of you. It's nothing of your own doing. You were helpless. You couldn't do anything. And now all of a sudden, resurrection power, you're made alive through faith in Christ. You see, salvation didn't come to you by your confirmation, by your baptism, your church attendance, your membership. It doesn't come to you by giving money. It doesn't come to you by doing communion, keeping the Ten Commandments, living the Sermon on the Mount, living a good life, giving to charity, believing in God, being a good neighbor, living a respectable life. None of those things... In fact, hell will be loaded with people that tried to do exactly that. And resurrection power, are you alive? Are you made alive in Christ through faith? Salvation is through faith. So it's the power of the resurrection that should be at work in your life, is it? Can you look at your life and say, you know, I know resurrection power is at work in my life because I live by faith. I know resurrection power is at work in my life because there has been this purpose in my life that God is unloading his riches of his grace and kindness in my life. I know that I'm alive in Christ because I have been saved through Christ. In the fact that he has saved me and he's given his love for me, he's, he's poured out his mercy towards me. Is Christ at work in your life? Is resurrection power 